Welcome to the Growth Guru Podcast, the home of raw, unfiltered self-development advice that cuts through the noise. Strap in for real solutions, inspiring personal stories, and everything you need to become your very best self. If you're ready to unlock your true potential, then you're in the right place. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Growth Guru podcast. I'm your host, Rosie Leach, aka The Growth Guru, and I'm a life coach specializing in self-worth. I help women all over the world finally feel good enough, start to love themselves and live a life that they truly deserve. Now, this week, I'm talking to the wonderful Lo Morgan. Now, Lo is an incredible woman and is a client of mine who recently finished working with me. In this episode, Lo talks about her coaching journey, her experience with anxiety and self-worth, and what it's actually like to work with me and carry out the coaching process. Now, you're going to fall in love with Lo, I know it, from the moment she starts speaking because her genuine and kind energy is just abundant and I couldn't be more proud of Lo for the progress she's made in our time together. So, let's get stuck in. Today we're going to talk about all sorts of things when it comes to anxiety um, and coping mechanisms, things that you've learned as you've sort of entered your 20s in life so far. Um, and of course, how you found working with me, um, being one of my lovely previous clients. Um, but before we kind of get stuck into the nitty gritty and all of that stuff, I think people would really love to know more about you and who you are. So Lo, tell people what your story is, where you are now, where you were before, and what life kind of looks like for you. Okay, so I have obviously lost a few people in my life. So like my nan, my grandpa, my dad. And from that, I had lots of anxiety and depression and coping with grief wasn't great. And I found you through a friend of mine and she gave me your channel and your Instagram and she was like, right, speak to Rosie she can help you with anything that you need because I know that she'd done a lot of work with you in the past I think she did like a 16 week program and she just said Rosie's amazing just reach out to her and have a chat and as soon as I followed you you pretty much sent me a voice note and it was just like oh she actually is like a human mechanist it's not just (laughs) the one that says oh I'm a self-confidence coach and just ignores anyone like you sent a message before I even could like type anything and it was just nice to have like that instant like oh this is someone who cares and like actually cares about their job not waits for people to approach them and that was so lovely and from then I think I attended most of your like free online sessions that you did throughout like some of the lockdowns and stuff and it just really started to click that like self-development was what I needed to do to make myself become who I wanted to be because I knew that I wasn't in a place of happiness like anxiety was brought in my life depression was taking over a lot and I knew that I needed someone to guide me through that rather than trying to work through it myself because you can read all the books that you want but if you don't have someone helping you I feel like I wouldn't do that I need that accountability and then I signed up to the group program which was really fun it was quite short but I did it whilst I was doing some like teaching training so it was nice to have like separate training for school and then training for me so that was really nice and then we did the one-to-one coaching and that was just life-changing 
Oh, it's so nice. You're like one of the, um, you said it yourself, you've been to pretty much everything I've ever done. And one of the things that always struck me about you is, so you're the youngest person I think I've ever worked with. Because how old were you when you first found my stuff? 20, 21. 20, yeah. So you're so young. And I was like, oh, I I just wish that I had, I always felt like, and I've said this to you before, I wish that I'd been in that mindset and that headspace to even think about help and like improving my life at that point because I I just was so caught up when I was in my 20s of living the life that you're supposed to fitting into boxes that you're supposed to pretending there's no problem and and sort of pushing that all under the rug and I just I I remember when I met you thinking this is so exciting because you've got so many years ahead of you and you get to solve these problems like now you haven't got to wait for 20 years you know a lot of the women and men that I work with are 50s 60s um you know in the older categories still very young we're still super young in our 50s and 60s but you know not 20 21 and it's a big that's a 30 year difference where your life is either full of anxiety and worry and stress or fun and joy and peace and all of those things and it was just the the biggest thing that struck me about you I thought wow I would never have taken that like had the initiative or the awareness or even like the confidence to take that step at that age like it must have been quite a big decision for you yeah it was quite scary like I remember the first online session at I joined but I wouldn't have my camera on I wouldn't have my microphone on and I, I, was, <laughs> I just thought I'm not doing it and then you said can people come out with a microphone please and say something I thought no but I did it and like the whole time I was like shaking and nervous and no like I did it and then the next session I joined with my microphone and camera on and it just felt more and more normal but yeah the first session I was like I don't want to do it I don't want to do it and then I thought why not and I think everyone feels like that I think it isn't it the lesson as well? Like we've spoken about this a lot in coaching that doing the things you don't want to do are usually the ones that you really should be doing. Yeah. And it's that balance of having tools to be able to deal with things like that, like practical tools. You know, we'll talk about anxiety a little bit later and some of the things that you've learned, you know, to manage that. It's having that practical stuff so you can do it. But also just sometimes it's having it's doing that deeper work and taking the action and pushing yourself when you really don't want to. Yes, it's about coping and, and not being triggered, but also kind of removing your ability to be triggered. And, and we did a lot of work on, you know, who you are, how you feel about yourself and confidence and things like that. And I, you are so different to when I first met you. Like literally, they, I find it funny. I was laughing when you said that. I, I remember you coming on and going, like there's just a screen <laughs> and I was like oh okay and and to where you are now and I know um one of the things for you which is a massive thing was graduation yeah. and um you know being on stage and and doing all of that to that low would never have done that yeah. and it's such it, it's it's the best thing probably about my job is getting to see that transformation process with people um but I think there was such a significant change in you uh, it was I was like wow this is mega she is yeah that that girl is very different to who you are now yeah completely different like if I'd have had to go to graduation without ever doing any of the coaching I think I'd have just gone sorry I can't make it that day mm-hmm. and she wouldn't have turned up but she's it's such yeah. a big life event it was one of the best best of things that I've ever done and was just nice to celebrate with my family 
and I wouldn't have been able to do that without like all the coaching and also like just working on impulses like I will just do things now and it, even if it's scary I have to just clear my mind a bit and then just do it because I, I know that if I do the scary things it gets easier. 100% I mean and I've, I've now had so many messages from you where you've just done it like when you were like I've just booked a solo holiday <laughs> I was like what this is amazing yeah. but where has that come from you know like that you're much more you do just take action and get stuff done now and it's I guess that's that stepping away from anxiety and the overthinking and the analyzing and just co- sort of being out of your head and into your life and th- that's where I feel like you are yeah definitely like there's still times when like anxiety tries to take its toll like one example was like in Greece I was terrified that if I jumped off a boat I'd get eaten by a shark <laughs> and then like I stepped onto the side of the boat and like it was just like deep deep sea underneath like that you heard the anchor going down and it took like two minutes to hit the bottom and I was like oh my god this is really deep <laughs> got on the side of a boat and I just thought I've got to jump in now there's like a queue of people behind me I've just got to do it I thought I can't turn around now jumped in it was fine it was yeah. like the second person off the boat and it was just amazing and that's the thing is like isn't I don't think any of this when it comes to self-development I think people see this as a right it means you're never gonna have a bad day or you're mm-hmm. never gonna have that feeling of anxiety wanting to come in again and it and sometimes I think that can be disheartening for people when they're on their self-development journey then they do have a bad day and they think hang on what am I doing wrong and it's like you're not doing anything wrong that's part of the human experience you can't have fully positive feelings a hundred percent of the time like that's not how life works but I think you've you know it again we talked about coping me- mechanisms just before and we'll talk about it later but it's that you know how to handle those situations and you know that you're the one that manages that not the anxiety and I think that distinction between you know I am not my anxiety I always used to say this I used to say oh my I used to label it my anxiety and like but it's not mine <laughs> like I don't want that yeah. like, why am I owning that like that's I don't want it have it back like no thank you um but was so I couldn't distinguish between the two and I was so adamant that it had control over me and I think it's it's not that you know self-love isn't about never feeling bad it's about having knowing how to deal with it when that pops up and, and minimizing how often that happens now you know compared to where you used to experience anxiety it's a lot less whether feeling ever you know even comes up anymore but ultimately you know and and you know we've had lots of conversations about this I had an anxious breakdown when I was 24 you know it's knowing that I have everything I need to never let me get back there so it's not thinking I'm never gonna have that worry icky feeling just like you did when you're like a shark's gonna eat me um which maybe is a more rational fear anyway jumping into the sea you know than worrying about what people think about us and and that kind of anxiety it's not and it's not having to push that away it's knowing how to handle it and knowing how to do the other deeper work that reduces the occurrence of these things and the ability for you to feel that. But yeah, I think it's a it's a good example of pushing through it. And the more you kind of face the things that fear you, that that you're frightened of and that bring you that intense feeling of, oh my God, that anxiety, that fear, that worry, the more you do that, it does just get easier. And, and that's that becomes your new pattern. That's how you respond to anxiety. It's not hiding away and it's not feeling you know the physical symptoms that you might feel it's pushing through it and, and handling it yeah definitely well you said that um you know we talked about the fact that you've you're so young but you are 
in your 20s and you've learned so much in your time you pour so much of your time into self-development I know when we've looked at you know building routines and things like that for you just having time to explore topics that you're interested in in the self-development world is a big part of that for you if I'm right in remembering I'm pretty sure that's part of your Saturday morning routine is to think about um you know what you might want to do next try new things exploring topics learning more you've poured a lot of time into this you've poured a lot of energy into this a lot of commitment you know we worked like you said we've you've done all my free workshops you've done the group coaching and we've done one-to-one um which we finished up earlier this year I think we did about 10 months together something like that um on a on a shorter kind of meeting a couple of times a month process and program what is it that you've learned? What are your key things that you've learned so far? Because I think you've probably learned a million times more than most people in their 30s or 40s, the amount of time and, and commitment you've made to your own personal development. So what are your biggest lessons that you've learned that you'd like to share with the listeners? I think definitely that anxiety doesn't control me is the main one because it, it did for so long. And I've done so much research on my own I'd listened to Fern Cotton's podcast. That was like my go-to whenever I was stressed. I read all her books. I read so much research on anxiety and how I can stop it. I tried therapy and everything and it just didn't work for me because I didn't feel like I had a connection with anyone and so I wouldn't open up as much. Whereas like as soon as I started working with you, like there was the one thing that you said that always stuck with me was the orange juice theory, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about later. But <laughs> as soon as I had that connection I was like right I want to work on this and like I knew that you would be the right person to help me through it and yeah that's just one thing is that my anxiety doesn't rule me anymore um the second one's probably just having so many different coping mechanisms now and knowing that the one's not always going to work for me and Mm -hmm. that it can change so like end of last year I think was when I was having like heart palpitations and like feeling sick and I thought oh my god I'm dying and then we had a conversation about it and you were like are you sure it's not just anxiety showing up in a different way and then I worked through it um tried different coping mechanisms and I haven't had it since so yeah it's just using different coping mechanisms learning that anxiety is not in control and it is just taking those big steps to do things that scare me that's something that I would never have done a couple of years ago and now I'm like right I'm going to book a solo half day or oh, I'm going to try and look into moving abroad or working abroad or anything like I'm not just not as scared as the future or almost as scared of death I think that was one thing that really worried me from having like seen my dad die at like the age of 32 I was like right so I'm going to hit 32 and that's it so I felt like I had to fit so much in and felt, spent so much time worrying and then I realised I haven't got a deadline. Like it could be any point and I've just got to enjoy it rather than just worry. It's such a, you know, that's a relatively small amount of words, what you've just said, but that is such a big thing. Yeah. Like it's it's huge that I think, you know, from what I'm hearing from what you're saying is is I guess mainly that you're in control of your life and you get to choose where this goes. There is no big fate ahead of you that means this is going to happen at this age because of you know there's no bad luck good luck jinxing superstition there's none of that stuff here and that you have so much control over your mind you know much more than you think but also this 
willingness to be flexible and to be open to changing things constantly. And it's not about, you know, you might have a tool that works for you for now, but that might need to change with things and, and being open to that change, I think is such a big part of it. People think they start self-development and you think, well, I solved this problem and that's it. And it's like, no, you work on this problem for the rest of your life. Like this is a non, there's no end date when it comes to personal development, working on yourself, being a better version of yourself for yourself and for everybody else. Like it is constant. And that understanding of that and being fluid and flexible with the process and being like, actually, okay, I don't need to panic. I just need to look at a different resource or maybe changing a resource that I've got to adjust it slightly. Like meditation is a good example. Some people find meditation is amazing. They start doing it every day, love it for a year, but then they get to a point where they're bored with it. Like that doesn't mean it doesn't work anymore. It just means that you've changed, life's changed. It's got monotonous. It hasn't got that little dopamine hit anymore. You just find a different way to do it. Maybe you start doing guided meditations, a different one every day. Maybe you start incorporating it through mindfulness as well as meditation. You play around with it. There's so many different options. One thing I say to people is even to record your own meditations because it then that there's a lot of power from hearing your own voice telling you these things. Like it's about adapting, adjusting, changing, and realizing that what works for you now is maybe not going to work for you when you're 80. <laughs> like you're always going to be learning. And, and again, it comes back to the idea of, I guess, always constantly seeking out new information, development, being to that next, that next level, that next version of yourself and just being adaptable to what happens. Yeah, definitely. Cause like, even now, some of the things that I was doing last year when we were working here, they don't always get me out as quickly as they used to. And so mm -hmm. I've had to either change them or try something new. And like, I suppose one example is the mirror work because for so long I hated it. <laughs> and you kept making me try it and I kept going, I don't like it. And I would take it from my routine. And then I don't know, one day it just suddenly clicked and like, I can now look in the mirror whilst I brush my teeth and have that time. And it, it works. Mm. And I think that's also something important to, to note, isn't it? Because something when you're in a bad place, something will work with intensity because you're in a bad place when you're in a good place and life is great these things don't feel as powerful because they're not coming up against something that's so polar opposite and I think it's a good it's a good point to make isn't it because also that's the other side of coaching isn't it there's giving you all the stuff and working through it together but also putting you in that mindset where when you're in a situation like that and you're going okay this still works but okay I need something a bit more powerful this hasn't got the same oomph because I'm in a different place now how can I change that and thinking okay what tools have I got what did I learn and it's um, as much about helping you in that moment and giving you the tools but also setting you up to be able to do that yourself like I would love to work with all of my client clients the rest of my life like but that's not my job and I, I always liken it to being a, a PT like a PT, you go to a PT because you want to learn how to use the machines in the gym, what your form should be like, and, you know, maybe how to make a training plan. You don't go to a PT with the idea that you're going to stay there forever. You want them to teach you. And I hope and I think that's what my coaching is like. It's it's get let's get through this. Let's teach you everything right now and help you hold your hand, work through the stuff we need to work through together, but also okay, here's a routine, here's a plan, here's your tools, here's where you go next, here's other resources you could be using, here's how you could change that and teaching you so you feel you've got the independence and 
you can do it yourself. There's no that you can do it without having your hand held, you know, for the rest of your life. Yeah, that definitely comes across. Like in our last session, like I remember not wanting to say like, oh, I feel feel like it's finally like time I try it on my own. And I mean, you brought up the subject before me and you were like, right, I think you're ready. And <laughs> yeah. having someone else be like, right, it's like you have to do it now. You're like, yes, I've held your hand for this long, but you've got to try it on your own and have all these tools and just see what happens and that was terrifying like the first few minutes of like hearing that I was like but I do need like I knew it was right and I knew that yes like we could do much work but is it gonna be worthwhile if I continue and actually haven't tried it on my own and Mm. yeah it was scary but yeah the best thing and and even like we've so I think we finished a few months ago and we I mean we've messaged but we haven't chatted properly and we had a bit of a chat for the podcast and I just feel like again you've up leveled and I think there's because there's a certain level of confidence that comes from doing it by yourself like I think there's the two sides but doing it by yourself when you have no tools you don't know what you're doing and you're in a dark place isn't going to get anyone anywhere that's exactly the time you need to reach out and have coaching exactly like you did there's a comes a point where you go I don't want to feel anxious anymore I don't want to deal with this anymore I want to live my life I want to do whatever and you have that coaching and it makes a difference but then there has to be a time after that where you do become independent and that's actually where it's so powerful because I just yeah watching you I think god you seem comfortable happy confident we were even talking about you know it's recently been the anniversary of your dad's death and how differently you've handled that this year and how differently you've felt about it and so much of that will of course come from the work you've done before but also from the fact that you're now doing it by yourself and the confidence that that gives you to be like, actually, I am the boss of my own life. Like I've got everything I need. And I'm now I just know how to use it. And I just put it into practice by myself. And you're, you're doing that. And I think your testament to that, just, again, you've had another up level in terms of that. You just seem happy. Yeah, it definitely is scary, but it has worked so well. And like, I know that if I ever needed to, I could just message you and be like, I need this. And like, <laughs> you'd get back to me like as soon as you could and be like, yeah, I can help with that. Let's do this. Um, but it's been quite nice to almost not feel like I need someone to hold my hand. Mm. And like, I know you're always there. It's like, I suppose when a child learns to walk, like they don't need that support anymore. They can just do it on their own. And it feels like you're my big sister who's always there for me and I can message. But like, it's nice to just message with nice things now. And be mm. like, I did this, I did a thing. And not always worry about like having to be like, oh, I might be annoying you. Like, I just know it. I'm not going to get to a point where you'll be like, no, just stop messaging. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. Like I've, your contract's gone. We're done. Like, <laughs> it's nice to know that like that connection is there and that I can just be like, if I was in it, a really bad place, I could message and like you'd be there. But like, it's nice to also have the, I'm in a really good place and can just message. And that's so nice. It's lovely to hear those things from you. Like, compared to you know the first time we spoke about and it's this I'm anxious I'm this explain for people exactly what would you say is the place you were in just before we started like for, for anybody that may be feeling a similar way exactly where were you and then where would you say that you are now in comparison to those things I was probably in one of the worst places of my life ever um it was pretty much if I wasn't feeling anxious I felt numb like I couldn't enjoy life there was nothing that brought me happiness or excitement or if it did I was too scared to feel that 
um I think one of the things you asked me was like what's your self-love and I was like zero like, there's, there's none there and it was just it felt like every day was surviving not doing anything else it was like I've got to get through this because so and so expects it from me or I've got to do this because it's what I need to do and now it's like actually what what do I want to do now and like that self-confidence has got gone so so much more than it ever has like because I've pretty much had no self-confidence I was just if I was told to do it do something I'd do it but trying to do something for myself and choosing things that I wanted to do terrified me and how often do you think you feel things like anxiety or that numbness now hardly ever like maybe once a month now I reckon like it has its little like it speaks in my mind a little bit sometimes but I can deal with it so much more I can just think, right, I'll sit with that for a minute, I'll feel it, and then it's gone. It's such a mad difference, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think it's very easy for me to go, well, I had this and I've changed it and now I don't have this, and that works for me. But there is something, and I, I expect you probably felt like this when you started, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that you were like, I always thought, well, this won't work for me. Yeah. Like, that's for other people. And then I think everyone thinks that, so I think it's good for people to hear that actually, you know, you and me are totally different people and we had totally different life experiences, but actually what has worked for me has worked for you. And, and it doesn't mean you know, you're, you, and actually the tools that work for you, um, which we'll talk about in a minute, for example, things like EFT are one of the things that I wouldn't say is something that I use a lot for the, those things. You know, it's, it's something I've used and I've tried and I've learned as in my toolbox, but maybe what's most powerful for me isn't even what is most powerful for you, but it's knowing the experience, the connection, having someone to talk you through that. But I think it'd be nice for people to hear that because I think everyone just goes, well, yeah, that happens for other people, but not for me. And then you forget that actually to everyone else, you're the other people. So <laughs> we're all thinking that it doesn't happen to any of us, but it has to be happening to all of us. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like the first few sessions, I and like, I remember you saying, like, I'm not an anxious person anymore. Like, my anxiety doesn't control me. I was like, I don't know how that could happen. Like, I could never not be anxious, like, because that was all I knew for so mm. long. And it wasn't like I was separate from my anxiety. I was the anxiety almost. Um, and now it just it's pushed away quite easily, and it doesn't control me. And it's nice to finally like have control. What are your biggest anxiety coping mechanisms and tools? If somebody's listening and they're thinking, right, I resonate with what Lo is saying either to a large extent or maybe just a little bit, like maybe they just get into the pits of anxious moments, can't get out of it, or maybe they're listening and thinking, yeah, actually my confidence affects me and that's what makes me anxious or my self-worth, any of those things you've spoken about. But specifically in relation to anxiety, what are your main coping mechanisms that you think people could, you know, potentially help them feel a little bit better if they're feeling anxious um you mentioned the EFT and that like the first time we did it I remember thinking oh my god I'm top of my face on a camera and I look ridiculous um <laughs> and it was really scary because I I just felt really uncomfortable with it and then it's been one of the things that has worked the most because it is like you're saying a mantra while you're doing it and it I don't know it just you focus on that instead of whatever else is going on and that really works for me um meditation I have my moments where it works 
like sometimes it's great and I can focus and other times I just think oh my god I can't wait for this to be over and it doesn't <laughs> work um but also we worked quite a lot on like my teacher side because that was always a more confident side because I knew almost what I was doing and what was expected of me and like listening to my teacher voice when I'm in that place and snapping myself out of it rather than spiraling really works as well and that hasn't changed no matter what state I've been in like that teacher voice if I go like right that's ridiculous and I'll stop and that works like having that like authoritative voice and just taking control of it and thinking actually I am in control this is my brain not anxiety's brain Mm. and that really helps I love that one I think it that one was such a simple thing that we spoke about but actually was something we'd come back to time and time again so for like the the background is obviously people know you're a teacher and everyone has the teacher voice we all have it I think everyone has a firmer side to them and it's funny because you know for you it's your teacher voice for me it's bad bitch version of me and that's so different and so miles apart but essentially it serves the same purpose we have that softly softly side but actually for me what happens and and obviously for you too what works is when you're in that maybe it's a lack of motivation or you're worrying or procrastinating or whatever having that softly softly side of you is going to go it's okay you don't need to do that when you feel anxious about jumping into the water the softly softly side is going to go okay don't do it then whereas teacher logos get on with it and bad bitch rosie goes are you seriously not going to do this? Like, are you sure? Come on. Like, you know, you we need that and it serves that purpose. And it, I think we all have that duality as well. And, and we all have that side that is probably the side of also that can be critical of us. But it's about how do you manipulate that and use it into a way that, again, it works for you. Rather than it being something that hard and negative voice, make it a hard and positive voice. Make it the the one that motivates you, that inspires you, that pushes you. And again, just flipping that narrative and changing that that voice in your mind that I guess we all have that can be negative and making it work for you. But yeah, I love Teacher Low. Teacher, when Teacher Low comes out, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Amazing. So one of the things you spoke about um, and that we'll kind of start finishing the chat with is orange juice theory when we talked about um doing the podcast and we were looking at you know what should we discuss like what do we want to talk about and you were like it wouldn't be a rosy and low chat without orange juice theory so we have to talk about it and actually I don't know if I've spoken about it on the podcast yet so this might be the first the entrance of the orange juice theory um I know when I sent you the zoom I even put a load of oranges (laughs) the title of the zoom um do you want to explain it or would you like me to explain it? I think if you explain it, it will come across better. Oh, well, now, Lo, that means that you're going to explain <laughs> it now. That uh, <laughs> We're going to take that, flip it around. Absolutely yeah. not. You explain it just as well, if not better than me. Go for it. Okay. Um, so it's essentially you give out what you have inside. Um, so when I was in my red negative space and I heard it the first time, I thought, actually... I'm impacting the lives of people around me and as you know we've said I'm a teacher like most of the time I have young children around me and I thought if I'm feeling that anxious and negative about myself that like is going to be imparted onto the children and that's something that I would never want to something I'd never wish upon them to feel that way I wouldn't want anyone to feel that anxious or stressed or self-hatred or no confidence 
so especially when I realize like what I have inside will like go out like you squeeze me orange and you are like giving that out um so I knew that I had to change for them and for me so taking over the negative sides and changing that has been like the best thing ever I think it's a great it's a great narrative for two reasons isn't it the the one that you just obviously said in that if you're this big juicy fresh orange that you know like when you're on holiday and you get that fresh squeezed orange juice and it's absolutely banging funny enough me and my partner were talking about this last night we saw some orange juice on a on a movie and I was like oh I would kill for a glass of that orange juice we had the other day it was like fresh and tasty and just so good if you're that fresh tasty orange you're putting out that fresh tasty orange juice like you just said you're impacting people positively you put out there what's inside of you exactly what you said so I think it's a good reminder for the fact that working on yourself and being happy is never a bad thing because yes you benefit from being happy but so does everyone else around you you're a better friend you're a better partner you're a better parent you're a better teacher like you are showing up you're projecting positivity, that fresh, lovely orange juice. And the flip side of that is if you're feeling bad about yourself and your orange juice has been left out in the sun for hours and it's super, super sour and disgusting, you are going to show up like that. And it's that reminder that it's never, ever selfish to work on yourself. But also I think the other side of it and, um, you know, something that, I've definitely found useful I don't know about you is the side of it where it's actually when it comes to worrying about what people think of us and negative experiences or judgments or interactions with others we have to remember that they can only give us how they feel about themselves and what they feel about the world and their perspectives and their understandings and their experiences so when somebody says something negative the majority of the time that's a projection of how they feel about themselves and we don't have to take that personally so it kind of takes that power away of other people's opinions because we can go actually obviously we have the self-awareness to go okay I'd be selfish or can I be this or you know maybe we're having an argument with somebody and they're going you're really this and you go am I and you think no actually I know myself well enough that that's not who I am or yeah maybe I do need to work on that but 90% of the time you're going this is how you feel about yourself. You're not happy. You know, happy people don't go around slagging other people off or making judgments on other people's lives or having something to say. Unhappy people do that. And I think it's remembering that and going, actually, you know, this is their orange juice. This is about them. I don't have to make this about me. We have such a tendency as humans to make everything about us. And we go, what does this mean about me? You know, if my friend, if I text my friend and they leave me on red and they don't message back, my first thought is to go, well, I've upset them and they don't like me anymore. Why isn't my first thought to go, maybe they're having a bad day, maybe they're really busy, maybe they're stressed, maybe they're in a bad place. We don't because we just naturally, it's like that main character vibe. We are the main character in our own lives and in a lot of ways that plays really well. But in a lot of ways, it's a massive weakness because we make everything mean something about us when the majority of the time it doesn't. You know, we're all walking around thinking it means something about us. So why are we assuming that other people are thinking about us all the time or or hating us, hating that, judging us? Well, it, actually, most of us are judging ourselves and most of us are 
only interacting with everybody else in a way that is super reflective of how we feel on the inside. So I think the orange juice theory is something we've probably discussed in most of our sessions. And it's one of the things you've probably messaged me about the most to be like orange juice and then, and all of that, but it is that double-edged, you know, side to it. It's the keep your orange juice fresh, feel good about yourself and you're going to impact others. You're going to impact the world in a better way. You're going to show up better. And also just realize that most people are walking around and how they feel on the inside is literally seeping out into every area of their life. They are projecting and having their insecurities put out there. And, and most of the time we don't need to kind of take things personally or make things that other people say mean anything about us. Yeah, definitely. That side really helped because I remember one time like you told me about how I can make up stories about other people and like <laughs> thinking about like their orange juice. It, it really helped. Like I went for a walk on my own with my dog in a forest and then brought myself a coffee afterwards on my own in the coffee shop. And like, if you told me to do that this time last year, I'd have gone, no, you're crazy. But then I did it this year and like I sat there and instead of thinking, oh my God, that person's looking at me thinking so-and-so, I changed the narrative completely and like made up stories and I was like, oh, maybe they're waiting for someone and they're looking for this and, or maybe they're looking for a sign of it, like maybe the hair band that I'm wearing is the colour that they're looking for and changing like my perspective of what their orange shoes could be. That mm. was just amazing as well. It's interesting, isn't it? Because essentially we'll find what we look for. So if we're walking around thinking everybody's judging me, everyone hates this about me or if it's an outfit or what you look like or if you're talking and it's what you're saying or whatever, if it's amazing when you're thinking actually what else could they be looking for, even just off the top of your head there, look how many you named. Like it's it's this. And, and there's that fun side to it of just humanising people. I think we put everybody on a pedestal and we think everybody's doing better than us, feeling better than us, making more money than us, happier than us. But actually when you make up your own story, they can be whoever you want them to be. And so in your mind, everybody else in the world can be these people that are out to get you and out to be negative about you or you can make a narrative that actually they are looking to support you there you remind them of somebody that they like they you look like somebody that they know and it's brought up a good memory for them or that they're not paying any attention to you at all they're looking at something completely behind you or whatever but it's this idea you can when you focus on finding a different perspective and a different narrative look how many you can come up with but when you zone in and you focus on what does this mean about me and the negative that's what you'll find your mind is closed off to all these options but as soon as you start just making that subtle shift of actually how can I look at this differently there are so many different ways you could be perceiving the world around you that currently people just aren't yeah definitely so what's next for you we talked a little bit more about the future and what you're looking to do but you've overcome so much in you know the past few years um, and in the past year I'd say you know kind of the most change has happened to you um but what's next what are you looking forward to what are you excited about where are you going what are the things that you want to do that maybe you never thought you would be doing and yeah what's what's next for low so you mentioned at the start how I messaged you about, about booking a solo holiday. That's to come. Like, I'm that, like, impulsive that I still haven't booked the hotel or anything <laughs> about saying I booked my flight and that's it. Like, in my head, I'm going. I don't know where I'm saying, what I'm doing. 
but I'm going. Um, so that's still to come, and that's this year. Um, and then there's a couple of things that I want to do. Like there's a few concerts I'm going to, and the one is with like a friend that I never thought I'd message to be like, oh, do you want to go to a concert with me? And I did it, and immediately she was like, yes, thank you so much, like for thinking of me, and it was just nice to think of someone different that I could take. Um, next year I think I'd like to do a few more things on my own like going to a Formula 1 race is like on my bucket list and that's one thing that I'd like to do on my own um, and then just seeing where the world takes me really like I haven't got a big plan of what's happening in the next year or the next five years we're just waiting and seeing I love that and you've got a big smile on your face as you say it's really nice you just are living it's yeah. lovely and fully and without worry and just enjoying your life and it's lovely lovely to see really lovely double lovely that's why I said too <laughs> um, so I want to say thank you for having a chat with me it's always nice to talk to you um I think there's gonna be a lot of people listening that have hopefully written down some anxiety busting tools things they can use to help them with that and and also if people are listening and wondering a little bit more about what coaching is like and what results people can get and, and what the process is like um it's given them stuff to think about there too if there are uh, any f1 fans out there then feel free to get in touch with Lo. i'm sure she's a big i always see her on your stories the she, is it usually a sunday f1 i'm sure i see you like right, sunday. on the sofa wrapped up i can see the f1 on the telly i'm like Lo's in her happy place <laughs> yeah in my, in my best mood my love it hoodie um, i love it so if anyone wants to reach out to you um, you know, they want to chat about stuff. Maybe they resonate with your story, looking for a new friend, uh, you know, want to have a chat, then I'm sure um, Lo would be happy to hear from you. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be quite a lot of people listening that think, yeah, Lo is my vibe. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. It's been lovely to chat to you and I'm excited to get it out there for people. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Growth Guru podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, then please subscribe, share with your friends and leave a rating and review. To keep up with all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the.growth.guru. Keep growing and I'll catch you next time.